No one is waiting breath-baited for us to define what it means to be African, yet still we continue to search for a reason to ask the question, for hope that an answer exists. Afwar, hish? Harsh? Whatever the f- Okay, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm shook. Afwar, hush. Harsh? Okay, so am I like studying again or? anyway so valerie no 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 I'm this brings again. up the question no 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 fred i have to start we again. are fighting perfection hi everybody welcome to african digits hey and so you want to ask the question what is an african beats me <laughs> <laughs> beats me too it's been a couple of years and i still don't know and I feel like that's a question. I mean, part of the reason why this stuck out for me was the fact that, quite frankly, no one in the continent... Okay, some people are. But I think that's normally like within um, academic, creative, intellectual yeah. circles. But otherwise, no one is really walking around questioning identity or what it means to be African or who it means to be African. So perhaps it's a... I think it's a privileged question to a certain extent. Valid. Um, and it's something that I've had to make peace with over time, like in terms of really questioning the fact that I question what it means to be African. Yes. And what that means for me and what that means for the kind of identity that is slowly forming around me. Yep. By that, I mean my identity. Yep. Um, yeah, so what it means to be African? I mean, I took a class, you're taking a class now, <laughs> and it's on representing Africa, art, film, history, history, and video. <laughs> 21st century learning. Yeah. Um, at the end of the class, I think, I mean, over time, obviously, we went through material. Uh, I recall at Ailey, I don't know if you did the class, Ailey is the high school African we Leadership to. Academy. Check it out, nominate someone. <laughs> And yourself in the history class i remember us having a distinction which is problematic but it wasn't really history class it was african studies class yeah and it was basically dividing it to into two parts um based on the scholar ali mazuri mm-hmm. uh and it was basically african of the blood african of the soil did yeah. you do that yeah we did that yeah and it was basically like was it the black people that is africans of the blood whenever they were in the world so both in the continent and diaspora and people who live in africa i mean not people who yeah people who who's who's i don't know what to describe african of the soil i think it was more of ancestry like in terms of time historically being yeah so that's people who aren't necessarily what is constructed to be black um but you know yeah. Home, their home is Africa in many ways. Yeah. Uh, with college, I think I have moved from that essentialist view. Yeah. Um, in some ways, it, but yeah. it's basically this black and white understanding of the world in terms yes. of what is and what isn't. That it is immutable, unchangeable, and yes, inherent. exactly. That's why we are tag teams. But um, yeah, and so part of what I had to deconstruct here and embrace is the idea of. African as an identity being something constitutive another term that I also don't know how to define (laughs) and basically that idea that it is what is it's an active process of shaping that's dynamic that 
um, that's not stagnant, that's yes. not fixed, um, that changes over time, that mm-hmm. is mutable. So in the sense that a big debate as an international student here, obviously at first for me, Africa was people of the continent. Yep. Like, you know. Us. Exactly. <laughs> and then I think with that, it really opened up for me different ways of seeing the practice of Africanity, if I may say, whether yeah. it was um, the art that's produced. Because I think, at least with our class, a lot of it was in terms of, like, do you consider that to be African art or African film, African music? Yeah. Like, what makes something African, African right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm talking too much. Fred, and I guess to add? <laughs> I, I was going to comment on the constitutive, constitutive nature of that mm-hmm. idea, of, of that identity, the idea that mm-hmm. What is used to represent that identity and idea is what is used to define it mm-hmm. or to make it. Mm-hmm. And that um, I think what has been complicated by the idea of coming to America for college is that there have been so many, there has been a narrow way that Africa has been represented. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say in media, right? That that's what America has come to understand. But coming to college and being in this space where there were Africans from the continent. There were Africans whose connection to the continent was their parents. Mm-hmm. There were Africans or African Americans whose connection to Africa is history, mm-hmm. in the sense that in this college, the the curation of African identity has been putting all these black people together, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that is what has been used to represent that idea of Africa. And and, and I guess that is what's co- I guess what we mean also by the hmm, how this constitutive action. Mm-hmm. has brought our perspective of Africa into conflict, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that we first came in contact with now a different construction of that representation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what even allowed us to now question, to, to create the question of what does it what does it mean to be, be African when we've been given a different definition that we don't agree with? Yeah. Um, and now we have to go through the process of defining it. But again. I think a spoiler alert for the audience is Spoiling. that at the end honestly the conclusion is that we don't know that it's complicated that it's what you make it to be yes. um, and that's the great part about being a humanities <laughs> major in college you know like to be critical of things is to know that the answer is in black and white um, yeah. so if you are here for a definition um, I guess this is the point you stop <laughs> 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 yeah but like you talked about media Right, and I'm I'm curious to know what you think about in terms of the. I think I'll bring about Afropolitanism, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's useful for me as a way of thinking about Africa. But could is, you define Afropolitan before we continue? Um, that's good. That's a good question. Right. Um, um, I have. You have a definition written down. Do wow. I? Let me see if I have it on the notes, okay? I remember the president. Oh, was. I do. Okay. It's going to be really long. Wow. And this is... Afro- okay, there are different definitions of it, depending on the scholar or the thinker you yeah. mention. The two famous um, people in dialogue is Taye Selassie yes. and there is Achille Mbembe, right? So Taye Selassie arguably popularized the term yeah in an essay called bye bye baba and this is like a part of it right so it goes they read we are afropolitans 
the newest generation of African immigrants coming soon or collected already at a law firm, chem lab, or jazz lounge near you. You'll know us by our funny blend of London fashion, New York jargon, African ethics, and academic successes. Some of us are ethnic mixes, for example, Ghanaian, Canadian, Nigerian, and Swiss. Others merely cultural mutts, American accent, European affect, oh, African no. ethos. Most of us are multilingual. In addition to English and a romantic or two, we understand some indigenous tongue and speak a few urban vernaculars. There's at least one place on the African continent to which we tie our sense of self, be it a nation state, Ethiopia, a city, Ibadan, or an auntie's kitchen. Then there's the G8 city or two or three that we know like the back of our hands and the various institutions that know us for our famed focus. We are Afropolitans, not citizens, but Africans of the world. I swear I feel attacked by this definition. Why? <laughs> In the sense that I almost want to come into this dialogue of Afropolitanism from a... I want to throw shade at it, let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. I want to um, put water in their boat mm -hmm. and critique them and whatnot. And don't want to see the relevance or its good parts of it, let me put it that way. Or in, in actually defining people. So mm -hmm. I just feel a bit wowed. It's like, well, I, I can relate to a lot of what's said in there. Mm -hmm. I, I hear you. Um, I think for me, prior to even engaging with the idea of Afropolitanism, something that really bugged me when I was doing study abroad in the UK was the fact that in many ways, I was the problem of Africa, right? Uh -huh. Not not the rich, not the underdeserved communities, yeah. underserved communities, but rather this precarious middle class or intellectual <laughs> class yeah. that has all the right things to say about theorizing colonialism, yeah. um, theorizing poverty within Africa, theorizing corruption, etc. Yeah. But at the same time, unwilling to topple the system, right? Uh -huh. So you can talk about it, but you're still so much invested in it that there's nothing to say. Yeah. In my head, I had an essay to write. Um, it was so do you to have the middle class. Just archived in your head? They are. Like, I'm I have sure. titles, right? <laughs> so that one was, I think it was something like African middle class step aside uh -huh. and it was based and then it was much longer than that yes. but it was basically a critique on our positionality right yes. it may be in different ways whether it is studying outside of the continent mm -hmm. studying in the continent but with social mobility with mm -hmm. access with internet access with um financial access with um basically this african nouveau i, I yes. guess that's another term that we should quote um or rather uh, define Honestly, I so it, it was for me my my introduction to the term was yeah. a festival in Nairobi yep, yep. that basically draws up this new African identity, right? <laughs> By and bringing Coachella to Nairobi, basically, it, it really is that, and I'm, it's not a critique on it. Like I think it's really cool, but it's also an acknowledgement of the fact that by using nouveau as a qualifier mm -hmm. of africa you are engaging in a discourse whether inadvertently or intentionally yeah. um and so my question for that was 
what is the old Africa? You know? Yeah, yeah, that was and my like, question. Yeah, <laughs> and like even when we talk about Afropolitan, yes, we are still engaging in a discourse, and it's two mm-hmm. discourses at, taking place at the same time. Whether it's an a conversation with the West as it is, or Africa as we know it, mm-hmm. right? So by the time we are talking about this multicultural, I mean, first of all, the truth is it's elitist, and yes. I'm not critiquing it from a point of outside the glass looking in, looking yeah, looking in, but I'm critiquing it as someone who in some way is complicit in the system or is even part of the system. Like I could see parts of myself in that. And and that's something that I guess at the end of my realization of like how we don't necessarily know the language to which to critique our class positionality and the disparities in Africa. I also don't want to be part of the generation that creates a new single single story of Africa (laughs) that in some ways excludes a big majority of what Africa is like in this, like, and that's why I I went to the idea of media representation. Like you look at Vogue right now, they have photos of African influencers. They did a feature for instance in Nairobi, in Nairobi where it was basically the fashion stylists of Africa. Right. And there's this like Africa's rising narrative in some ways. And culture is really a huge part of it. If you think about, um, What's the al- name of the gift? Beyonce's album, Beyonce, which had all these African course. artists. West African? Mm-hmm. West Africa. There was <laughs> Southern Africa, Shoma Josie. Okay, we had one. We're happy. I mean, okay, fine, whatever. You know what? Whatever. Um, you think about uh, Wakanda with all its problematic um, <laughs> depictions of Africa. Yeah. Um, you think about music, Banaboy, um, his latest album, and his whole idea of African giant and what that means to be part of this Western audience, which is really when we say global, Mm -hmm. we mean Western. Yeah. You know? And so back to what I was saying, which now I can't recall, but like (laughs) this thing of like, there is like the realization that there is this new movement, cultural movement to define a new Africa, but at what cost? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The cost seems to me that we want to hide what's in our backyards, mm-hmm. that we don't want to face what's in our backyards, and we don't want to fix it. Um, but is it even something that needs to be fixed? And then, um, hmm. Part of me thinks yes, in the sense that we want, to, from from the perspective that we want to wear our nations mm-hmm. and the culture of our nations as costumes as. Mm-hmm. Um, things to get gain social clout and to just you know get attention. Let me put it that way. But we don't want to work in building that nation uh, or of seeing what's bad in that nation and fixing it. We don't want to be part of the gears that actually move our country somewhere. Because mm. um, I think about what what work would it do? What would be the significance of let's say I have a picture published somewhere and they call me a Mozambican artist. Mm-hmm. Right, it'd be nice for advertising, right? I'd be able to spread that, like, okay, I'm a Mozambican artist, but what does it, what is the relevance to Mozambique that a Mozambican artist outside of Mozambique has gotten attention? Um, in the sense that a lot of it seems to me that the, the creation of this African Nouveau is just, just taking culture as a costume mm-hmm. and just using that. That is what constitutes the Africanness, the necessary Africanness. Mm-hmm. Every other part is, is something that you can ignore or replace with your American accent, mm. right? You can replace with um, the fact that you know London like the back of your hand, right? But you don't want to deal with the bad parts of Nairobi, 
Mm. You don't have to. You can travel. Yeah. Right. True. So this creation, this new Africa is is, is almost that the, the search for an ideal life mm-hmm. that is still African, where you have the good parts of being African, and you can fill the bad parts by also going to search for the good parts of being outside of Africa. Mm. I remember I saw this picture on Instagram of it was a photo shoot of these women. You know, they they, they wore lassos. And they had their hair out and then they went to like wash clothes and they took pictures. Mm. And it was like, wait, why why are you <laughs> aestheticizing rural life? Labor. Mm-hmm. Right? Labor. Like it was okay. You really just wore um labor, right? You wore it, took pictures, and you left it. Right? You got the clout, you got the attention that you needed, but then you never fix not fix, but you know it's just it's left there, mm. right? It's just mm-hmm. something to look at, to experience, as opposed to something that you want to work with and lead somewhere else. I, I, I guess this this also comes from the idea that um, there are a lot of people from the U.S. here in our college that will go study abroad in the continent to go help some orphanage, to go clean something, to go come up with some policy on conflict resolution on our behalf. Right? It doesn't it doesn't make sense, right? That we need people to come from here. To go and theorize for us, mm-hmm. right? To go tell us who we are, what needs to be fixed in our own countries and whatnot. And we're not doing the work of, we're not doing that work ourselves simply because the only part of culture that we want to engage with is that which can be um, easily represented through the frame and lens of like an Instagram dashboard. Mm-hmm. I um, hear you. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, so <clears throat> backtracking to something you had talked about with regards to. Uh, if you remove every other thing, you can you're still left with the London accent and all that. Yeah. It's um a quote by Emma Dabiri on an article she did for um Africa as a country. Yeah. And it's was the title is why I'm not an Afropolitan, if you are interested in looking for it. And she says our value is not determined by our ability to produce African flavored versions of Western convention and form. Mm-hmm. And basically you know, going back to the idea of curating an Instagram-friendly Africa. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you just Yowch. phrased that real well. Ouch, but it's true, right? Like, in terms of, like... And then I'll I'll also quote something I was going through Instagram, and I think Abiola Oke, um, CEO of OK Africa, was having this conversation about how the narrative of Africa is rising outside of the McKinsey um, statistics and stuff like that is really a narrative of African culture being commoditized yes. and being profitable yes. for the global audience or palatable to the mm-hmm. global audience. And whether we want to accept it or not, that's in conversation with another against something else, whether it's black culture, whether it's um, South American culture, yes. it's the fact that for us to be trending, something else has gone out of number one. And that's yeah. why we're there. And so, in that way, I don't know, I feel like part of one, if there's one thing I would want people to remember is the fact that everything we talk about, whether it's qualifiers such as New Africa, mm-hmm. whether it's qualifiers such as trending, it's always in conversation to something else. And it's 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 like nothing is ever in a vacuum, right? Yep. And so part of what I'm trying to communicate here that honestly I can't recall is okay yeah back to what you're talking about in terms of um, fixing yeah at least with media and narratives I think for me it's less about fixing anything as opposed to giving space for both 
Mm-hmm. Like the Africa I, I mean like you'd see on CNN when CNN would do all these messed up um news pieces on African countries yeah. um things that happen with its tragedy or whatever is like this you know like for instance with Nairobi or was it Kenya a hotbed of terror they wow. used that once and obviously the response that's normally that fast comes like reactive responses are things such as hashtag #CNN not at all Kenya is or like hashtag you know all that yeah. and i get where that's coming from but i just i think a question that i'd have is is there space for both those narratives to exist cohesively and to feed into one another right in terms of on the one hand i do not want to deny the fact that made in africa is something that's trending right now yeah. i don't even want to use the term trending because that's me falling into digital rhetoric that sometimes isn't yet um critically like critically analyzed yep. so i don't know is that i want to avoid that term, but to recognize the fact that economically when you think about things such as like especially within fashion art mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. media film things like that yeah. that it's becoming more profitable palatable mm-hmm. to a global audience and so in a sense like i'm not going to lie i'm one of the um farm supporters of hashtag made in kenya but <laughs> i also know that that's I mean like we can talk about consumerism. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's yeah. a conversation for another day. But like how how does the other side of the single story of Africa inform a better prosperous story of Africa, right? Because I don't think it's as easy as saying that we are elites we need to recognize that and you know give away all our wealth. Marxism and all that stuff. But it's <laughs> like how how can we weave these two narratives together to better the continent in one way or the other so my question from what you're saying has is can the afropolitan build mm. right does Af- like in the like sense what that do you mean by that does the afropolitan give themselves enough sense of stability or time to be in the continent like physically mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. to build there as opposed to you've been you have this global perspective this global reach right where is the foundation from which you build right and i understand that can be digitally and i accept that uh in the sense that there is the work that afropolitan can do in the digital realm of re re-representing africa mm-hmm. and um fighting for that for for as you said those two narratives to exist at the same time but the thing also with the, representing those two narratives is that there's a competition mm, as they say yeah. the, the war of representation it's true and we're not at a uh a fair this is not a fair battle Right, and this is not level playing field. But you know, that's also a construct of capitalism, in the sense. Okay, uh-huh. I'm not going to. Okay, <laughs> just go. saying, I will not be claiming everything <laughs> is a construct of another system, but like in the sense of scarcity. Yes. Right, and us thinking that there's only space for one narrative. I think yeah, that's yeah, something yeah, yeah, that we yeah. have to acknowledge. But then at the same time, going back to your whole question of therefore politan and building, yeah. I think that takes me back to an article that Priscilla Samferi had written mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Uh, something some uh african africa is not waiting for you yes, basically yes, that yes. whole notion yeah. and i think that that's something that we have to acknowledge mm-hmm. like the fact that like going back to how we started about no one is walking around waiting no one really and like i do acknowledge that these are meta conversations but still conversations that are useful to have yeah. because back to what um an artist called Todd Gay was talking about like the theory influences the day to day Yes. right 
And so, I mean, I hear you and the whole building thing, but mm-hmm. I think that also has to come from a place of humility. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, and also a part, a place of adding to the mix as opposed to starting it. Because I think that's also a flaw that a lot of people who migrate to the West and then come back and like the whole... Because that, that takes me now to the whole um, Ghana, the year of the return. return. Yeah. And a question of who who gets to be a returnee. Yes. In terms of looking at the people who are going back, it's a lot of people... You know, Hollywood, mm-hmm. business people, mm-hmm. rich people, really. Yeah. And it's still, and and it goes back to this class thing that we as Africans haven't found the language to navigate or to analyze. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something there in thinking about how do we as people of Africa get to engage more critically with the continent? Yes. Without coming from a place of arrogance yes entitlement mm-hmm. the savior complex savior complex yeah i guess it's black savior in this <laughs> rich rich black savior i don't even Jesus know what to call it black guys exactly and so yeah I, I i feel like that's those are hard questions that i don't know if we'll ever get <laughs> the answers to honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's questions worth asking ourselves mm-hmm. and i think for me because i was having a conversation with someone in terms of like so, okay, so I got to this point. I had studied all these things. I wanted to be like, F the West, F what. But I also, but it was also, I got to the point where it was F me. Yeah. Like, who am I to think that I can be the voice of people whose experiences, quite frankly, I don't even have. You know, like I walk around here and people are like, um, you know, it must be good to be in the, in, in, in the US. You don't have to do this anymore. And I'm like, I have a pretty good life in Nairobi. Like in, yeah. in the sense of, even the Nairobi that I inhabit, I have to acknowledge that it isn't the average Kenyan Nairobi. Yeah. Like the spaces which we inhabit even... Because honestly, people are creating these Western bubbles yes. within the spaces they live in. Yeah. Like, So, okay, I'm vegan right now, plant-based eating. And my mm. experience being vegan a year ago in Nairobi was very different from this past summer, quote-unquote holiday, where... There was tofu in supermarkets. Yeah. There was... It was... Honestly... Even like in terms of food products... The jam I had when I was studying in London was in the supermarket. Like all that stuff. And that's obviously like a result of globalization and things of the sort. But... Back to the... You know, like F me. (laughs) Like who am I to think that I could be a voice of Africa. Yeah. And I think I got to a point of stasis, of paralysis, where all these things were in contention. And at the end of the day, part of the interesting thing that happens with critical theory, whether it's to do with Afro-pessimism or whatever, is that you get to the point where by you're like, we're fucked in some <laughs> ways, really. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that stasis being part and parcel of who you are or like what uh, Francis Nyamonja talks about in terms of like the embracing incompleteness and i think for me how i go to bed at night or able to sleep at night is acknowledging the imperfections being critical yeah trying to improve my consciousness Mm -hmm. giving space Mm -hmm. for people to voice their different because it's really about like going back to the whole that the identity of being african as constitutive it's these tiny micro stories 
all coming together in some way yeah. and people with bigger platforms enabling people with smaller ones to join into that conversation i yes. guess so for me honestly i think being critical like there's nothing you can do about where you are i, I mean there are things mm-hmm. you can do i don't want to say there's nothing <laughs> but how i in my current position navigate that is being critical yeah. is being cognizant of the space i'm taking up yep. is being able to have these conversations mm-hmm. to acknowledge the place from which i'm coming from and to also be able to validate other people and their feelings and their beliefs and all that and it's it's also it's a difficult conversation that will cost, will constantly be had Pe- feelings will get hurt <laughs> but i feel like at the end of the day being able to talk about it and being able to criticize who we are i think that's the hardest part like you know yeah. like as africans we are so used to pointing the finger at the west the what yes. the what and turning that back to ourselves yes. and being critical about where we're coming from mm-hmm. i think that's a difficult thing yeah and i agree with that right the difficult part about uh yeah questioning yourself as an african your positionality mm-hmm. um and i think part of my critique and being critical about that is is like in asking that question to myself mm-hmm. of can i build mm. right in terms of like the question of will i allow myself um will i not quench but quell mm-hmm. the escapist feeling within me mm. to leave the continent but still rep it mm. right to wear it but not in the continent to be more just not too much just not too much right <laughs> i can be it i can be that uh wear that costume really yeah wear that costume but that but that costume is only a costume outside mm-hmm. right and i'm get comf- comfortable in that costume and when i go back it's just like I'm just the regular other dude. And the question of building is is asking yourself if it it, it is that humbling process of of first accepting that your narrative is not the only narrative. Yeah. Right? I know online it is, right? On the internet is the narrative we're trying to put to to fight this war of representation, mm-hmm. but in terms of in terms of dealing with yourself being in the continent is can you settle down roots enough? Mm. Put roots down enough put yourself in a position to actually be there and deal with all the discomfort that comes with actually existing in your country because mm-hmm. there are a lot of difficult things that we all want to ignore and and, mm-hmm. and or or yeah just want to ignore but sometimes being there is what allows you to drop the courage to like maybe deal with it yeah um, and i think how i view that is like the whole idea of divesting from the privilege of westernization in yes. some ways mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's the comforts of amazon or yeah. the ability to um move around all these academic spaces um yep. intellectual spaces work spaces that yep. afford you some certain forms of privilege that you would otherwise not get and i think that's something as someone who's about to graduate i constantly <laughs> grapple with in yeah. terms of am i ready because we always have been the constant process of production mm-hmm. right we we have to build mm-hmm. when you're there because i remember asking a professor here um who's from senegal mm-hmm. um why are you teaching here Right? Why don't you go back to Senegal and teach people there? Mm-hmm. And of course he spoke about how it's really there's much easier to teach here than it is in Senegal. But my thought was I know that it's much easier to publish here <laughs> and everything. Like it's it's so much more convenient, but sometimes the institution doesn't get fixed when there aren't people in that institution. When the, when there aren't people being frustrated with the institution and have a dream with that institution to fix and create an industry and it's a lot of work. Like, I can't really deny that to 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 start you know creating 
spaces for your creating the space of comfort mm-hmm. of of how to put it where you have to be the producer of your own uh benefits of your own perks you know drawing up the pride from actually building i don't think a lot of uh, not a lot of us but when you're someone who has traveled a lot mm-hmm. or as now we're just calling afropolitan it's really hard to come to terms with now you're not just following the system mm-hmm. you have to build it it's true and it's it's a hard thing to do it's a hard thing to grapple with and i think me too not that i'm graduating <laughs> this year but soon i think about all the time it's yeah. like am i gonna just sit down in my lucifer country <laughs> with my english degree and call myself you know what am i going to do what yeah. am i going to do that of course i'm already trying to escape and go to kenya but um hey welcome <laughs> okay it's not escaping it's just i think transborder identities yeah i mean like nationality is a, a whole different topic we'll have that we have to talk about. but i guess how i'd end this is so where do we go from here hey <laughs> we you know we we exist with our contradictions it's um, true i mean like cognitive dissonance i feel is one of the only ways of survival yeah. as human beings i think it's just asking contradictions asking difficult mm-hmm. questions being comfortable being uncomfortable and allowing ourselves to dream in the continent dream in the continent like dream there dream it's nice to dream out here whatever but just Just for now. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not narrowing your yeah. vision in any way for that matter. It's really big. It, that's true and I think an interesting thing is um some Google at Biongo normally talks about what language do you dream in? And I think an interesting yeah. thing you have interjected with is where do you dream? Mm-hmm. And that opens up new ways of envisioning an Africa, creating that Africa, creating that African identity, yeah. right? Because It, it's dynamic it changes the african that we know now wasn't the african being portrayed 100 years ago and won't be the african portrayed in 100 years yeah and so yeah i guess what place do you dream from yeah. and that's all we have for you today night wherever you are <laughs> and um tell us who is an african yeah what is that yeah Who is that? Should we even be asking that question? Yeah, that's so true. Should we really be asking that? <laughs> yeah. We should have started from there. Like, is this really the right Well, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we are ending Joking. from there, so. Yeah, okay. Let us know. Bye. <laughs>